Hey gorgeous! Get your cup of tea ready, have a seat in a cozy coach and relax. Because this is your self-love time and we are here for you. It is I, Anna Geller, I'm a host at Diva Radio, self-love mentor and an inspirational author. I love guiding women on the journey to discover their true desires and needs, to appreciate their inner goddesses and to say yes to the abundant life. Every woman has a story. And behind every successful woman there is another woman who has her back. I believe that we all are made up of our wounds. This is how real beauty appears. Many women still think that they need a special moment or a sign from the above. But sometimes all we need is a story to hear. I'm so happy to introduce my guest today. A gorgeous lady living her passion, Faye Waterman. Faye is a speaker, published author of The Hidden Proof, Why Suffer in Silence, a mentor, health and wellness and beauty consultant. And she's a mother of two beautiful children and a grandmother to two gorgeous grandchildren. Faye is on the mission to help uncover, unlock, unleash people's ability to create change and make a difference to their lives. Welcome, Faye. Thank you, Anna. Faye, could you please share how your journey started and what made you change your direction after many years of dedicated work in health and wellness area and shift your focus to mentoring ladies between 45 and 60 years? Uh, what changed my focus was one day that I had someone call me up and say, I can't do this anymore, and they were at their wits' end and didn't know what to do, and they were living in a relationship which was abusive, but didn't know how to deal with it, how to work with it, and always blamed themselves for the things that went wrong. So I managed to get them to a counsellor, to find out when they walked out of the room after their first session to find out that what was going on wasn't their fault. It made me realise that there are so many women out there who blame themselves for what goes on after they've been primed within a relationship to um, live in an abusive relationship and not realise it until it was too late. So then I went on the path of writing a book and interviewing people who have experienced the abusive side of a relationship and sharing that so that through me they have a voice to voice what's going on with them to create the awareness within the community and to also stop parents or adults using their children as pawns. What happens is when when there's a breakup of a relationship, it's usually the children relay the messages between the adults most of the time and there's no communication between the adults because there's so much emotional baggage and, and resentment that they don't want to talk to each other so they use their children. So it's a matter of educating the parents to understand that it's not right to use their children 
to communicate between them and allow their children to be children until they become a legal adult. And my, my purpose and my passion is to educate anyone in a relationship to understand that they need to communicate between themselves as adults let their children be children and grow up in a in an environment that's safe happy and the children don't feel like they have to go and hide or they go to school and their learning ability is is um not up to scratch because they're so stressed about what's going on at home and you're scared to talk to anyone or tell anyone about it because of the consequences so it's actually creating that voice to the community to understand that this is going on and that everybody needs to be aware of it so that we can all band together and do something about it. Yeah, I think there is no woman in any country in this world who uh, hadn't any experience before um, who struggled with standing up and speaking her voice, her truth. It's it's amazing yeah. what you've just done. <laughs> yeah, and, and the results that I get, I started working with women um, in the in the situation of, you know, dealing with what they had to deal with, their IVOs, their AVOs, and these these are the sorts of things here in Australia that women are struggling with and the and the um, organizations and the legal system really can't get it right so looking at how we can create an umbrella where all the all the organizations are working together and communicating with each other so that these women can go through the system quickly deal with their issues and come out the other end so that they can create a life for themselves and their children to live without all the stresses that go on for years sometimes and looking, you know, walking around and looking over their shoulder to just in case someone's there because they may have had death threats or something like that. And this happens all the time. And the worst time for a, a woman is when they actually leave a situation because the perpetrator then feels that they don't have the control and that's where the danger comes in. And this is the IVOs and the AVOs that, and these are intervention orders um, legally stopping the perpetrator from coming anywhere near the the woman or the children um, for a certain period of time, but they can be broken quite easily. So the system breaks down and doesn't support them. Not that the system's not trying to to support those who need the support. It's just that they don't have the funds, the resources to to continue to do this. So. You know, looking at all those things and looking at how you can educate the women to become an entity on their own and create that environment that is safe for them um, so that they can live a life that they may have only dreamt of and create a safe environment where their children can live comfortably happily and go to school and learn without the stresses of what's going on, am I going to get into trouble when I get home if I don't do this or whatever. So it's a catch-22 situation a lot of the time. And so now I've started working with women from the inside out and that is 
working with them on their health and their wellness, their personal uh, development, their personal image, their fitness, their mindset, to create that strength and ability for them to work with the issues and not the emotions. So looking at the emotion and removing it from the issues that they're dealing with and creating that environment for them to deal with the issues and move forward faster. So developing that clarity, that direction and and giving them a plan so that they can move forward. And it's not for me to tell them how to live their life or what to do with their life. It's just me there supporting them in the background, creating that plan for them so that they can then say, well, okay, this is where I need to go. This is what I want to do. And we work together to create a way of them getting there. And being, you know, it might be a mother who just gets up in the morning, has done for a long time and just puts on clothes and goes and drops the kids off at school and feels embarrassed and intimidated, uh, to a woman who then gets up in the morning, dresses herself, feels comfortable, feels good within her own right, walks to school or drives her children to school and feels like a part of the community instead of being judged all the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, to conclude, uh, you always say, make a change by choice, not a chance. So what happened to women or with women who uh, have chosen any of these options? You mean uh, living in a, an abusive relationship? I, I, they don't actually choose to live in an abusive relationship. It just happens. So they may meet someone who charms them and, you know, is really nice to them. And in a lot of cases um, they may marry or they may move in together and then things change because then the perpetrator has, has a certain control over them because they live under the same roof and then... There's certain things that will happen over a period of time that the woman doesn't realise that is happening until it's too late. You know, there might be some emotional abuse, like they're told that they're useless and they're stupid or they haven't done cooked the meal right or they haven't done this right or it's their fault that this happened, etc., etc. So it happens over a period of time and that sort of thing happens women don't realise it until it's too late and then they're in this situation where they they fear for their life most of the time. They fear for their children's lives a lot of the time and they can't leave because they don't know how to, they don't know where to get support because their family might be isolated, their family and friends are isolated from them, they may have moved several times so that they're not near any support systems or anything like that. So they're living in an environment where they don't know anyone um, and so, you know, their help, they don't know where to go and get help or how to get that help. So it's creating an awareness and creating those voices that the community understands that there are people, one in three or four homes in every street where there is some form of abuse going on and it doesn't necessarily mean physical abuse it can be emotional it can be financial it can be um you know it, it can be isolation they can be isolated from their friends and their families so there's lots of ways that the perpetrators who are very skilled at what they do um 
to create this environment where women don't realise for a long time what's happening and when they do, it's too late for them and then the fear sets in. What do I do about this? And I've interviewed quite a few women over the last while talking to them about, you know, how it started out and what happened and death threats and death threats for the children and there's lots of things that happen here. And, and I mean, it works both ways. There are men who are who are who live in abusive relationships. Women abuse men as well. There's same-sex relationships where, um, you know, one of the, the couple abuses the other one. So it's it's not just heterosexual relationships. It, it can be, you know, anything, any relationship, same-sex relationships or whatever. But usually the majority are women, uh, percentage are men, and they they um they just need that education to know or support to know that they can move away from the situation that they're in into something a life that is better for them and to create um the education you know there are programs that go through the schools for children who live in those sorts of situations but it doesn't seem to be making a lot of difference Although, you know, there are lots of organisations that are creating things, but there's something still not there that needs to be there to break the cycle with these children who will grow up and be, you know, continue on that cycle. So it needs to be broken within the primary school area. And, and that's all about education, educating the people to understand that certain behaviours are appropriate and that, when you grow up, you do not do what your parents did. You change it. You make the difference. You make those changes so that our children are our next generation. Let them grow up into a safe environment where they can do and feel and be, you know, who they really are, be authentic to themselves and to the world. Mm -hmm. And what are the main areas in which you coach your clients? Um, the main areas I, I coach, I, I mentor my clients in mindset, their health and well-being because a lot of the time their nutritional values aren't there because of lack of funds and lack of, lack of finances and things like that. So I educate them in, you know, you ask them what their wants and needs are and some of them will say to you, what do you mean, what are my wants and needs? I've never been asked that before. Um, what do you want for in life? What do you need? Um, because they've only just, they're always in survival mode. So to educate them, I first sit down and talk to them about where they're at, what their experiences have been, and then we work out a plan. We look at um, a plan to create a way of moving forward so we give them some clarity and direction um, and it might be just really small steps to start with it could take you know 12 months before they actually take their first step but you're there supporting them and and giving them the confidence um, because their self-worth and their confidence don't exist so building their self-worth and their confidence and that's creating within them and that's why I say from the inside out we look at you know their nutritional intake which um, affects their mindset 
So creating a nutritional balance for them and their children to to have a healthy healthy diet every day um, and then to look at their exercise, which will get the endorphins going to create that feeling of, of um, security and health and well-being and then looking at the way they present themselves, their personal image. A lot of the time these women don't have the money or the ability to be able to you know, use skincare or use makeup or dress themselves so that they feel good about themselves. So I educate them on how to present themselves. You know, they may have a wardrobe which is which they think is, you know, nothing much. But what we can do if they have no money, and most of these women come out of a relationship without any money, they I, I teach them how to mix and match their clothes and put things together or we might go to an op shop and find some things for them to add to their wardrobe to create that variety that they can then put on something that makes them feel good and they stand upright and look in the mirror and say, hmm, that looks good and I feel better about myself. So it's creating that feeling of self-worth and confidence, um, creating that mindset that is positive and looking at life and looking at yeah, I am worth and I am worthy of having a better life. Mm-hmm. And I just want to remind our listeners that uh, you have a book published and it's called Hidden Truth, Why We're Suffering in Silence. And how would you describe the key idea of, or key message of your book which you deliver to the audience? My, my book, Hidden Truth, Why Suffering in Silence, um, I created that because it is a hidden truth. Is the what goes on behind closed doors is hidden from the general community. So, it, my purpose for writing the book was to create the awareness and give these people a voice to say, "This is what's happened to me. It doesn't, you know, there is help out for, there for you. You don't have to live this life all the time. Just, you know, speak up and ask for help." So it, it, it's it's all about asking asking for help and getting the right help. And sometimes, you know, they may ask for help or they may go to the legal um, area and, and want help, but they don't get the right help, so they stay where they are. So this is the beginning of creating a voice for those people who live in those relationships. I'm in the process of interviewing and, write, and starting to write my second book, which is about step-parenting. And some of those relationships that, you know, they come from abusive relationships, they have children of their own and they need to be educated on their self-worth and their confidence and everything and their mindset to be able to live and make a difference to themselves before they actually move into another relationship. Uh, It's also about creating that awareness that children do suffer Um, from these relationships and they grow up and a lot of the time they can't commit to a relationship or they're too scared to go into a relationship because what they've seen growing up as a child scares the hell out of them when, you know, somewhat there might be an opportunity for them to, to develop a relationship. So my book is there to create the awareness and create a voice for those people who didn't have a voice 
And then, you know, um, step parenting, it's it's about interviewing an adult who lived as a child in a step parenting environment who is now an adult who has their own children reflecting back on what it was like when they lived in a step parenting situation and it could be abusive you know what am I doing here I don't fit in etc etc growing up having their own children and nurturing how they how do they nurture their children to protect them from what they suffered what are they doing differently and then if they have the opportunity to have a relationship with someone else if you know their first relationship doesn't work with the you know, the father or the mother of the children, if they're going into another relationship, how would they make their children feel safe, wanted and fit in to that new relationship? So it's it's all about education and creating that awareness that we need to have that voice to the community to make them speak up and say, well, you know, if someone knows someone who's living in an abusive relationship, why not speak up and say, look, I know what's going on here. Do you need some help? I know where to go and get the help. You know, instead of turning a blind eye to it and letting them continue to live in that relationship. I'm seriously impressed, Faye, about your work. And uh, I believe that uh, it's important for uh, many reasons, first of all, uh, it gives here um, assurance to these people who suffer in this abusive relationship that you can, yes, it happens, but you can live it. And second, uh, they can uh, learn that there are many other people like they are. And uh, they could connect to each other, support each other, and it's okay to ask for help. That's right. A lot of the time they're too scared to ask for help because they don't know who to trust. And this is a whole thing, you know, because they live in that sort of environment, they don't trust anybody and and they're scared to ask for help because, you know, sometimes if they ask for help, it backfires on them and they don't get the help they need and creates a, a worse situation for them. So it's all about educating them to understand that, you know, if you're going to leave a relationship, I have an emergency pack which lists out all the things that they need to consider before they leave the relationship. What do they need to take with them? How do they need to leave the relationship? How, how um, you know, are there death threats? Um, are the children going to be safe? What do you do here? How do you drive your car out of the driveway? all those sorts of things. So it's preparing them to to move out of the relationship and go somewhere where it's safe. I've been working with a, a young woman, I was going to say a young lady, but a young woman or a woman in her 30s who lived in a violent relationship which was continually beaten and abused and used as a mule and et cetera, et cetera. And... Um, you know, death threats, and I would um, go from one week to another and I'd think, gee, am I going to hear from her or is she going to be found dead in a gutter somewhere? So I, sometimes I get to a point where I can't work with these women because I physically cannot keep them safe. So I have organisations, and one in particular where I can send these women to, 
whom then will be put into a safe house, who will be dealt with appropriately and kept safe and kept alive 99% of the time. And I work closely with them and the client that I send on to them still remains my client. I still work with them, but they are kept in a safe environment, which I can't do for them. And having a vast personal and professional experience, what would Granny Faye say to her grandkids about self-love? Um, what would I say to my grandchildren? I, I talk to my grandchildren, and I see them very often, actually, um, and, you know, looking at them and creating an awareness of respecting themselves, having self-worth, um, the confidence to, to say no if there's a situation that arises and asking for help or letting someone know that a situation happened. So creating that awareness and educating not just my grandchildren but children in general. I want to write some, a series of books for um, schools to, from prep to grade six on behaviours, maybe subliminally um, challenging them or, or educating them to understand when they see something that's not appropriate that they don't carry that on into their adulthood but creating that awareness of education for them to say, oh, okay, I can ask for help, I can say that I don't like this behaviour, I can say that I don't want um, mummy and daddy to fight anymore, etc, etc. So it's, it's a matter of education but also creating that support system for them so that they don't feel that they're let down. If you have any rituals of building your self-worth and self-trust, could you please uh, share some of them? To, to build their self-worth and their self-trust, it's all about creating that mindset and it's, it's, it's delving in deep, deep into their deep and dark secrets, their fears, and looking at what they fear, looking at what um, you know their trust is, looking at the environment that they actually grew up in, if we're looking at adults who are living in, in relationships, it usually young girls who live in relationships or live in families that are abusive, usually, you know, by the age of 14 or 15 will go into a relationship which is abusive and think it's normal. If you don't remove them from that cycle, they know no difference, so therefore they accept that behaviour. It's all about changing that behaviour. It's, it's changing and creating that awareness that because they live there doesn't mean to say that they need to go into a relationship where they're being abused as well. So creating the mindset and the understanding that they can say no if someone hits them or treats them badly. Um, and, and it's all about awareness. It's all about awareness and, and creating that that voice for them and the support system. Um, yeah, because I, you know, I'm I, I'm a small cog in a big wheel, and if I can make a difference to a small community of women, I've I've done what I can. But those women or those those children then become the voices for those other people 
whom are living in those situations. So it's educating some who will then go on to educate others. I have a woman that I've been working with for probably 18 months now and it's just her time to turn her 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 doubt, her self-worth, her doubt and everything into something that she's worthy of and, you know, it still comes back to her, oh, I don't think I can do that and there's all these excuses and these things that are happening because of the fear of her creating that life for herself that she deserves. So it's, you know, sometimes you have to give tough love to to create that awareness that they are worthy people and that they can have what they deserve, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And do you have any practical tools how people can build that uh, awareness? I have programs which I, I take them through um, to create that awareness. I have programs which start off with um, some making a difference, creating that awareness of making a difference in their life. Um, and then, and, you know, it starts off with a short program to get them really thinking about where they're at. And sometimes some of them are accepting of the program and sometimes some of them aren't ready for that. So I have to be prepared for some of them not to not to be ready for that. So I will work one-on-one with those people who are not ready to go into a program and share with others because I can do one-to-one or I can do one-to-many and and creating that environment that is safe for them to be able to sit and talk about or learn about how they can make a difference in their life. So there is a structure um, all the way through and the support of not just me, but other organisations which I can bring in or I can bring in um, educators in areas that I'm not educated in to or, or experienced in to create that awareness um, within my program or programs for them to learn and plan and develop. You know, you can have that structure and take them through the program, but then you've You've got to mentor them and one-on-one to to keep them going and keep them motivated and also to make them accountable for making excuses for why they can't do something. Creating that accountability for them um, when they start saying, I can't do this and I can't do that. So, you know, saying, well, I don't accept that. What's really going on here? So creating that awareness so that they can find out what is actually happening with them. And it's usually fear, fear of finding a home for themselves, fear of, of living on their own, fear of not being good enough, the fear of not being financially or emotionally independent. So my programs create um, within components, you look at their emotional status, you look at their financial status, you look at their their, you know, their appearance, the way they look and, and we educate, I educate them on, you know, how you can feel good about yourself by just dressing yourself accordingly. Your posture is very important, you know, creating that, creating all those things for them. 
And what would be your empowering message for our listeners who may find themselves in any kind of abusive relationships or uh, they um, would like to change their life? Um, My message to them would be to ask themselves why they are there, how they got there, and to be aware that there is help out there. So putting themselves out to find out what sort of help that they need and understanding the situation that they live in. And there's many different situations for for people who live in abusive relationships, you know, from, you know, it might be emotional or, or financial or isolation or it could be just physical. Um and removing themselves from that and creating that worthiness for them. So what I would say to them is ask for help. And if they ask for help, there's always someone out there that will help them. And I'd say their friends and their family who know what's going on but too scared to say anything, if they asked them for help, they would be only too happy to help them. It's just having that courage to ask for the help. And sometimes that is the biggest um, block for them. The, you know, asking for help is just not something that they do and they don't know how to ask for help. But there are a lot of people, particularly their families, if they know that they're living in those situations, just want to help them but they don't know how all they have to do is ask for help and then their family will then work it out with them how they get that help and they'll source it out there's helplines there's organizations go onto the internet and find organizations that can help them if they can't help them those organizations should be able to refer them on to someone who can help them and it doesn't matter where they live there is always someone or an organisation out there, if they only ask for the help. And it's just that asking. Mm-hmm. Ask and shall you receive. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. You know, and but sometimes it's a very difficult thing for them because they, they've never asked. They're always living in fear. They, they just get what they get and just accept it because... That's the way they stay alive. That's the way they don't get beaten. That's the way they they exist. They don't ask for anything. They just accept what is and do what they have to do to survive. But if they just asked for that help, it would come to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, you know, in every country in the world, there is there is that abuse. There is a violence of some kind, particularly in some of the third world countries um, where women are second-rate citizens. Here in Australia, you know, women aren't second-rate citizens. They, or sometimes they may be if they're living in an abusive relationship. It's just them having the courage to say, I can't do this anymore. I, I just want to get out of here. Um, my life is just miserable ask for that help Mm -hmm. and they will receive it they will get it 
someone will, will, if they can't help them, they will help them find someone or some organization that will help them. Thank you so much, Faye, for making this conversation happen, for bringing our attention to this very important topic, topic because I think every one of us, to some degree, has experienced any kind of uh, abusive relationship, but we didn't pay uh, enough attention to that, because in in my own experience, uh, there were times where I was said that I wasn't uh, smart enough, uh, I wasn't uh, slim enough, or... uh, I had experienced any other not pleasant things said uh, to me. But yes, first uh, you need uh, to accept this has happened and I want to change it. That's right. And, And it is that you have to accept that you want to change. You want to make that difference to your life. And, and, and the big thing is to pluck up that courage to, to realise that you are worthy of having a better life and nobody deserves to be treated badly, spoken to in any disrespectful way or beaten because that person's not feeling good about themselves. So it's, it's all about, and I keep coming back to it, it's about education. It's about educating women to understand that if someone raises a hand to them or someone speaks to them inappropriately or treats them inappropriately, that they can say no and they have a right to say no and remove themselves from that situation. Yes. Yes. And it, it, it's it's very difficult. It's a very difficult um, situation. You know, the legal system here, you... You can go into homes and you can remove the perpetrator, but sometimes the women accept them back. Um, they can be locked up for a night and, and and then they come back. And these women just live in fear all the time because they really don't know how to deal with it or what to do or they don't feel worthy enough to feel that they deserve something better because they've, they've grown up, they've seen that abusive relationship with their parents They think it's normal, so they continue the cycle. And what needs to happen is that cycle needs to be broken, and it needs to be broken in the in the primary schools, in the in the prime of children's lives, so that they understand they don't grow up and repeat those cycles. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we need to say no. Full stop. Absolutely. Yeah. Look, and learning to say no, and it's up to the parents to teach their children. If, you know, someone approaches them or someone wants to do something that's not appropriate or they're being abused, they can say, no, I don't like this, you're scaring me, leave me alone and and tell somebody that that's what's happened and then someone can do something about it. But, you know, children are threatened and, and women are threatened and they're too scared to speak or look sideways because of what will happen to them. And nobody, you know, and why I said hidden truth, why suffer in silence is hidden truth is because everything that goes on is behind closed doors and you could be living next door to somebody and never know what's going on inside that house. Never know. And there's lots of incidences that I can probably think of over the years of 
children being abducted and living in houses that nobody ever knew who were living beside them that they were there you know and and um if a perpetrator is not allowed to see their children or they want to get back at their partner or ex-partner for for some reason or another that they take the children and they throw them over a bridge or they run them into a dam or they do this and they kill the children to get back at that that person because the resentment, the hate, the whatever it is inside them is so great and uncontrollable that they just do terrible things and that it's the children that often suffer more so than the adults. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. I can think. You know, those those couple of things that I've mentioned are things that have happened here in Australia. A man was driving across the bridge, the Westgate Bridge, and he stopped. He had his son and his daughter in the car, and he just picked his daughter up and threw her over the bridge, and she died. And she was it was her first day at school. Her mother lived in fear, and mm-hmm. the fear came to fruition. Because a daughter never ever went home to her, she died from being thrown over this bridge, which was really high. Mm-hmm. And then another man who drove his children into into a dam, three boys into a dam. What was going on in his head? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's so much of that going on, and you know the children are the ones that suffer, and it's it's. It's scary stuff when you think about it. And it's not the children's fault. It's not the children's fault. So why should they be the ones that are damaged or killed or whatever? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you protect them? How do you protect our next generation from what's going on? To sum up, I would just uh, speak to all the ladies who just listen to our uh, interview. Please uh, stand up, speak up, and do it in sake of yourself and in sake of future of your kids. Absolutely. Speak up, stand up, and speak out to the world and let them know this is what's happening and you need help. And the help is there. It's just asking for it. Yes, yes. Thank you again, Faye, for our... Really amazing and uh, heart-touching conversation. Thank you so much. That's my pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity to share. Thank you, gorgeous ladies, for being with us today. We had a very deep conversation with Faye about the things that happen in our lives or lives of our beloved ones. If you're one of those who struggle in abusive or difficult relationships, please ask for help. Drop a message to me, Faye, or anyone who is in your area and willing to help. Just remember that if you are in this situation, it doesn't mean you should stay there forever. You always have a choice. And here is another friendly reminder from my side. All the podcasts are available on the website, SoundCloud and iTunes. Feel free to listen and share. This was I, Anna Geller. Stay tuned, stay loved.